0: All it takes is a belief that people are fundamentally good and enough courage to treat them like owners instead of machines. That's Laszlo Bock, who's recently retired as the head of HR for Google. This is Walking Your Talk, a personal development podcast about leadership, authenticity and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor, and I've spent my life working with leaders in organizations on how to change their culture, but this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks your talk at work and beyond, then this podcast is for you. So in this episode, we're going to explore the role of the empowerer the one who has the opportunity to actually grant and encourage that authority or power or decision-making rights in others. Mostly we're talking here about leaders in an organisational setting, although I've also found that some of the tools that we'll cover in this episode were very helpful to me as I went through the process of raising my three children to adulthood. The key message in this episode is that empowering is actually a step-by-step process which is going to be different for each person and for each circumstance. And it shouldn't be a jump from autocracy to 100% delegation or even abdication on any one day just because I drank the empowerment Kool-Aid. So what's the goal here? The goal, I think, is that everybody is stretched to the level that they are operating at their absolute best and perhaps just a little bit beyond that. And so empower to to help others to find that power and to encourage, which is to help them to foster the courage that they need to do that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone should be thrown into the deep end where they're not necessarily able to swim and that they can sink with both personal and business consequences. So as an empowerer, I think one end of the spectrum, you've got autocracy. At the other end, I think you can have abdication and neither actually feel empowering and neither actually produce good results. But I do find remarkably often, actually, when I am working and talking to leaders, that they do tend to have that rather black or white thinking. It's a sort of all or nothing situation. And similarly, when people talk about their boss, they tend to say, you know, either they are completely interfering and micromanaging and disempowering me or that they sort of say that you know they are washing their hands of me and seem to be too hands off. So the subtleties of this become quite a challenge for all of us and I've found that there's a model that has been very useful for me in this that I do want to share with you. So I want you to imagine that you've got two axes, you've got a vertical axis, which is how much control you as the leader, or as the parent, if you want to do this with your kids, hold, and the horizontal axis is the amount of skill, insight, experience that the person who you are seeking to empower actually has in that particular situation. So within that context, you can imagine there are five levels. One would be, I decide. So that's 100% control. And that would be appropriate where there would be perhaps zero experience or skill. So my child is touching a hot stove. It's like, grab the child, pull them away from it. No discussion. I'm deciding. That's it. The next one is, we'll discuss... But I'll decide. So that might be, for example, you're doing a restructure. So you want people's input, but in the end, it's going to be your decision because although they have some skill and insight, they don't have the whole picture. Only you have got the whole picture of what it is you're trying to do. So there's I decide, we discuss, I decide. The next one is we discuss and we decide. Now you're starting to move the level of control down, ideally because the skill and the experience and the insight that somebody has and the other person has is getting higher. So, for example, when you're putting together a strategy, you might want to do that together with your team. So it really is, we'll do this together, we'll decide it together. And then you can move to, we'll discuss and you decide. So let's imagine, for example, that one of your team members is hiring people. You might say, I'd just like to have a little bit of insight. I'd like to have a little bit of oversight as to what is going on here. So why don't, when you've got a few people and you're, you're wanting to hire them, why don't you just talk them through with me so I can just give my input? But in the end, it is your decision. So now you're starting to really move down towards a lot of empowerment. And the final step is you decide. I don't want anything to do with this. That might be a very experienced person running their day-to-day operations. So you've got a range from I decide to you decide with some important steps in between. Ideally, what you're wanting to move to in most circumstances is that there is increasing level of empowerment and decreasing level of control on your part but that does depend to some extent on the level of skill and experience and insight that somebody has. So let me tell you a personal story about how this has worked in my career. So obviously in my consulting organization we would often hire new people to play a role of, of selling and then engaging with the clients and looking after projects. And the ideal way I found to bring people up to speed was that the first time I would bring them into a new business meeting with a client we didn't know well, and I would say to the client, you know, Mary's news, she's here in this meeting to listen and to watch. And then I would run the meeting normally as I would. And she would be, have the opportunity to just watch me do what I would normally do. And then in the second meeting, we might have a conversation beforehand to say, okay, what tactics should we use? What would be the best way to do this? What do you think are the things that we, we should emphasize in this? What are the points we particularly want to make? And we'd get that input. But in the end, I would still make the decision about how we were going to run the meeting. And uh, Mary might participate, but she would still, to some extent, be deferring to me. Then the next meeting, we might prepare for the meeting together. We would jointly make decisions, and then we went in. We would jointly contribute, and sometimes she would be running it, and sometimes I would be running it, and we really would really be feeling like peers. The one after that, which would be, we discuss, you decide. Um, Mary would take the lead. She would prepare the the decide pack. I might give, give a little bit of input about what I wanted, but essentially it would be her meeting. And then after that, finally you get to the you decide point where she runs the meeting alone. Now, that gradual increase of autonomy, as the experience and the knowledge grows, if it's somebody, you know, we bring somebody new into our organization and they're really experienced already, you know, we might move through those five steps, you know, in a week. Someone else, it might take three years. It all depends on that level of experience. Again, you don't want to drop people into feeling that they're not coping, but at the same time, you don't want to hold control for too long. The goal is to move people from I decide to you decide as fast as you can, whilst at the same time having people feel that they are supported and encouraged along the way. Now, what's been interesting for me personally in that is, and I think it's true for all of us, I tend to either be an I decide or you decide. I'm not so good at the bit in the middle the sort of coaching bit, the conversation bit, the doing it together bit. And so my, the criticism that people give of me is I tend to either run things or have you run things. And I've got into trouble on the way through in my career where perhaps I've dropped too much. I've abdicated responsibility and other times where I've just hold on to too much. So that would be my learning. Everybody I think has their own learning about which of those five steps they find the more difficult. So that's something that you can try at work, and you can also try it at home. I remember when our kids were growing up, there would be various steps of traveling on public transport, for example. The first would be, you know, they'd go to school by car, 100% I decide. The second, that they would go on public transport, but we would go with them. And then perhaps they would be allowed to go on public transport, but only with very specific times that, you know, they had to be on this bus and be back at this particular time of day. And then later on through their teenage years, they got to the point where essentially they were allowed to go on public transport any day of the week and go into town on the weekends and and just essentially be free to move around on their own. But that was a process. Of moving down those steps from I decide to we discuss, I decide, as their experience and their skill and their confidence raised. So, this concept of moving empowerment step by step works in a work environment, it works in a personal environment. I find it a very useful way to think about it. So, here's the exercise think about those five steps of empowerment I decide, we discuss, I decide. We discuss, we decide. We discuss, you decide, and you decide. Where are the ones that you find most comfortable, your natural space? And where is your least natural space? Where might you be too controlling when actually there's a high level of skill and expertise? And where might you be not involved enough and tending towards abdication. So have a think about specific people and specific circumstances. Am I too controlling? Am I not, not involved enough? When you've identified a few, think about specifically what could I do in it to get those situations to the right spot based on what I feel would be the right level of stretch for that person. What's right for them? Not what I feel comfortable about, but what's right for them? Because your role is to encourage. If someone is reluctant to take full responsibility, to give them the courage to do that and just stay involved at the appropriate level. And if somebody is champing at the bit for full empowerment and really doesn't want you involved at all, how do you just keep enough of a hand in if you feel actually they're not quite as experienced as they think they are. But all the way through, the goal is that they are stretched, supported with increasing responsibility and never feeling inappropriately controlled. That's a technique for empowering others. I'm Carolyn Taylor. Thank you for joining me this week. Please subscribe to these podcasts if you'd like to hear more. And I'll see you again next week.